0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message.
1: Welcome Christ Uncensored to Church Online. I'm so glad to be with you today. It is Sunday, my favorite day of the week, and uh, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because God is good. I'm encouraged because of just the testimonies that we've been hearing back about how good God has been in this season during this quarantine, during this uh, global pandemic, during the things that have been happening in our world and how good God has been in the lives of his children. Man, we have to look for those moments where we see the faithfulness of God. I'm blessed to hear that. We hear it all through our dream team and we hear it through the the lives in our church. And and I'm also encouraged because we can trust them for that. And because we can trust Him, we can also trust you. And and that brings me to something I want to talk to our church about on this Sunday is I want to, uh, we need your help, right? So we want to lead our church well. We want to steward what God has given us. We want to steward it well. And so uh, we need the help of our church. We need the help of this family. And if you call Christ Uncensored your home, if you call Lisa and I your pastors, and if we've served together in some capacity, um, we need your help. And this is this is how we ask of your help. We want to hear back from you. Um, and so we're looking to regather once again, come together. And we what we need from our church community is to fill out a, a survey. It's about five questions, four to five questions. And... Today, around 3 o'clock, you'll be getting an email asking you to fill out that survey. You can also go to, directly to the website. You can go to Kuhau.com. You can see the link right in the front of your screen, the direct link. Or you can go to Kuhau.com and you're going to see a link that says REGATHER. Now, this might not be for a first time visitor or maybe a, a, a frequent visitor. But this is for those that call Christ Uncensored their home, those that have been in some way part of our community. And if you um, identify yourself as someone that is part of this church, we want to hear from you. I want to pull my pastor card from here. Every single one of us, we want to hear from. So uh, we want to encourage you to please go and fill out our regather survey. We want to know if If where your comfortability is, where you feel like God is leading you, we want to hear back from you. And so that'll allow us to help lead this entire church. Amen. I'm ready to preach. So the last few weeks we've been talking about Intruder Alert. This was a message that God gave me and God has broken it down in the span of three weeks. So today we're going to cover the last week of Intruder Alert. And I want to begin reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. It's been the theme of this series, right? Dear brothers, you are only visitors here since, you are re- since your real home is in heaven. I beg you to keep away from the evil pleasures and desires. It says the evil things that you want to do. So if you ever wonder what your evil desires are, it's the system of feelings. It's the evil desires that it says it comes from this world, from our corrupt nature. Look what it says. It says, they're not for you, for they fight against your very souls. We said that these intruders are the intruders of our soul. We would never allow for a physical intruder to invade our space But so often when it comes to our soul, we allow these intruders to find a place and we make room for them instead of removing them or ridding ourselves from them. The Bible says that this system of feelings end up trying to defeat us from within. They wage war in our soul. And the Apostle John spoke so well about our soul. He says, I pray that. Your life prospers the way your soul prospers because ultimately the soul is the place that you live from. Jesus said, "What is it worth to gain the whole world, gain everything on the outside, but lose your soul, lose who you are on the inside?" Essentially what he's saying, it's like a Trojan horse, right? It penetrates the walls and it starts waging the war from within the walls of Trojan. That's what the Trojan horse is known for. Like, have you ever seen that movie? They send them a gift. It arrives inside. And what takes place? They start waging war. Not from the outside of the walls. Not where it's predictable. Not where it's expected. But they start waging war from the inside of the walls of Trojan. And so... I want to read to us this verse because we need to ask God, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart, Lord. I need you to see if there's an intruder that I've allowed in my space. And Psalms 139 tells us, search, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. The psalmist says, search me, O God. He says, I need you to know my heart. I need, I need you to test my thoughts. He says, I need you to point out anything in me. I need you to search my heart because the heart is deceitful above all things. And it keeps, I keep allowing things that are not meant, to me, meant for me to be within me. I need you to search my heart, Lord. And there's anything that grieves you, anything that saddens you. I need you to rid me from that so that I can experience everlasting life. And that's what we've been asking the last few weeks. We've been asking when we said, Lord, search our heart for anger, intruder number one. Search our heart for offense, intruder number two. And what did we say we were going to do? We're going to keep our peace instead of losing our temper. We said we're going to choose to release forgiveness instead of holding grudges. It's a great time for us to begin to practice this. I'm going to choose to release forgiveness no matter what. I'm going to choose to release forgiveness instead of holding grudges. Um, Intruder number three is comparison. Intruder number four is uh, insecurity, and we spoke about that last week. I wanna encourage you that if you haven't had a time to watch us online, go back to our YouTube page and please, please, please watch those two messages. We said we're going to choose to be content with our portion instead of coveting what someone else has. And we said we're going to choose a Christ identity instead of self-confidence. And I want to introduce for us today, intruder number five. And the name of intruder number five is pride. Pride. Help me pray today. Heavenly Father, I I give you all the praise and I give you all the glory, Lord. Father, in these next few moments, I pray that you share what you've deposited in my life, God, that it may overflow into the life of our listeners today and into the life of our, our Kuhau online family, Lord Jesus. Lord, I can't change anyone. Church can't change anyone but your holy spirit your holy spirit can change everyone so we pray that that takes place today that your holy spirit changes our heart and transforms us in Jesus name amen holy spirit too because Jesus had holy spirit when anyway have you ever been searched at an airport have you ever been searched at an airport I have never been searched at an airport. Do you know why? Because my ID matches my ticket name. The name on my ID matches the name on my ticket. And I learned that the hard way because when we were coming back from Texas, we are in line in Texas on the way back to New York. And so Lisa and I, we are on the security line and we're getting ready to go through security. What takes place? Um, we we, uh, give our luggage, it goes through the metal detectors, we are walking through the metal detectors, or we're getting ready to walk in through the metal detectors, I give my ID, I give my ticket, Lisa gives her ID, she gives her ticket, and I go right through the metal detectors, obviously I'm not carrying anything, so I am good, I am well, everything is good. Pass right through. I look back and Lisa is speaking to one of the officers or one of the agents there. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? She brought her Brooklyn with her? <sighs> she brought the blade. I think she brought the blade. She didn't bring the blade. I'm just joking. But they said, excuse me, miss, your ID does not match your ticket. We're going to have to perform a search. We're going to have to pat you down. And I'm looking at the dude. I'm like, you ain't patting nobody down. All right? I'm just letting you in right now. You ain't touching my wife. And he's like, no. We're going to bring it to a room. I'm going to have a young lady perform the search. And can I tell you, we walk in a room, and when we walk in a room, it gets really uncomfortable. I'm going to be honest with you. It gets super uncomfortable. Lisa's face says it all. I mean, when you look at Lisa, she is there in the room, and I'm telling you, it says it all. As a matter of fact, there's a picture of what she looked like right here. It's going to show up right here on the screen. That was Lisa after the search, but we were in the room. And let me tell you in the room, it got really uncomfortable and it got uncomfortable for Lisa, but it also got uncomfortable for the person who was performing the search. It's uncomfortable for her. She was very uncomfortable. And let me tell you, it was uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me who was witnessing the search really uncomfortable. So Lisa was getting searched, but she wasn't the only one that was uncomfortable. The person performing the search was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. Can I tell you, we were all uncomfortable. And I use that as an illustration because I think with the, the same as the physical, so is the spiritual. That there are times that we are coming to church on a Sunday and we are getting ready to take off And we're getting ready to fly to our destination. But then God comes into the picture and says, I first have to search your heart. And sometimes when God searches your heart, it gets uncomfortable. It gets uncomfortable. It gets uncomfortable for you because God is searching your heart. It gets uncomfortable even for the perf- person who's performing the search, because God will be like Pastor Roe, I want you to share this message, and I'm like God, I don't want to share that message because it's uncomfortable. I rather tell people God loves them all day. But sometimes God will say, "Hey, I, I want to search their hearts today, and I need you to share this message with them." And so it gets uncomfortable sometimes. Christ uncensored, it gets uncomfortable for. You who are hearing this message and are feeling like your heart is being searched. When we're talking about anger, we're talking about comparison, we're talking about offense, we're talking about insecurity, like God is all up in my business. God is all up in my business. Like, yo, hold on, on, man. Like, why are you all up in my business? I like coming to church. I'm ready to get a takeoff. And God's like, hold up. I want to search your heart. I want to see... I want to see the things there that you've been allowing to find room in your soul. I want to search your heart. I want to search. And it gets uncomfortable for the preacher. It gets uncomfortable for the listener. And sometimes it even gets uncomfortable for those that are listening. Because they're like, "Ooh, ouch, ouch, ooh, oh. It gets uncomfortable. But it's also good news because... Nothing ever grows in your comfort zone. It's good news because sometimes we have to get uncomfortable before we get on the plane to take us to our destination. Sometimes we need our hearts to be searched. And because our hearts are being searched, we will get uncomfortable. And sometimes that needs to take place in order for us to get on the plane that will take us to our destination. Intruder alert. Intruder number five is pride. And When I'm talking about pride right now, we're we're saying, God, I want you to search my heart and see if you find the intruder pride that resides in there. Because sometimes I've allowed the intruder to remain there for so long that I don't even recognize him as an intruder. He's just part of the family right now. I've made room for him instead of ridding myself from him or it. I'm not talking about pride that says I'm proud of my son or I'm I'm proud of you. I'm talking about the pride that says I don't need anybody. The kind of pride that says, you, you know what the pride I'm talking about. The pride that says I'm good. I'll do it alone. I'll do it by myself. I'm good by myself. I'm talking about pride that is the preacher that preaches essentially two messages. This kind of pride finds itself in your space. It'll start preaching to you. It'll start preaching two messages to you. And the two messages that it preaches you, number one, here's the message that it preaches you. Write this down. Pride says I'm better than you. When you've allowed the intruder of pride to reside in your heart, you start feeling this sense of betterness than others. I know I made up that word. But a sense of, I'm better than you. Which which implies that there's an overestimation of yourself as it pertains to others. When you allow the intruder called pride to reside, what begins to happen is you begin to have a need of superiority. When you allow the intruder of pride to reside, you start your mentality starts changing to, I don't need you. I'm good. I can handle it on my own. I don't need your help, why? Because I'm good, I'm better. I'm better. And so often we've allowed pride to reside and become so comfortable that we we identify with pride so much that we don't even realize that we are overestimating Our capability what we can do who we are and let me tell you something about pride it's always at the expense of pointing out the failures in others it's always at the expense of criticizing someone else in Luke chapter 18 verse 11 it says the proud Pharisee prayed this prayer I call it a pharisaical pride, another made-up word. Come on, somebody. A pharisaical pride. It's, it's, it's It's a story about this Pharisee who's talking to God, and he says, the proud Pharisee prayed this prayer, and for whatever reason, he sounds like Chris Helmsworth to me, and he says, Thank God, I am not a sinner like everyone else. Especially like that tax collector over there. For I never cheat. I don't commit adultery. I go without food twice a week. And I give to God a tenth of everything I've earned. Verse 13. But the corrupt tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed but beat upon his chest in sorrow, exclaiming, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want you to look at the Pharisee for a second. Did you, did you see the Pharisee? Did you see that? He says, listen, he says, thank God I am not a sinner like everyone else. Another translation says, thank God I'm not like that sinner right there. Did you see the pharisaical pride? It's a pride that magnifies, magnifies the weakness in other and overestimates the strength in self. It's a pride that says, hey, hey, look, look at their weakness. <laughs> look, look at him. He's, he's a criticizer. He's a sinner. He's a complainer. He's a gossiper. And you look at the wrong of others, but you highlight the perfections in you as if there were any perfections in us. So, so, so we, highlight, we highlight the failures and the weaknesses and we say, I'm a grinder, but they're lazy. I'm beautiful, but they're ugly. I work hard, but they don't work hard enough. I'm smarter, they're not. It's always at the expense of the criticism of someone else. It's a pride that says internally, I'm, I'm better. I'm better. And listen to me. You end up trying to achieve the standard of perfection that is that is a uh, that is a farce. It's, you're 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 trying to achieve the standard of perfection that says I'm better. And what you don't realize is that it is far better to make mistakes than fake perfections. It is far better to make mistakes. I'm a sinner. I made a mistake. Than to try to fake your perfections. Try to fake your highlights. Try to fake your position. Try to fake your standard. Try to fake what you want people to think you are. Because the prouder, listen to me, the prouder you become, the further we push our awareness of God away. I'm going to say that again. The prouder we become, the further we push away our awareness Of God. And I want you to notice something. I'm not saying that we push God away because there is nothing that we can do to push God away from us, but we can surely push away our awareness of Him. Because when you allow this intruder of pride to reside, what begins to happen is that you begin to become. More aware of what you can do, and you start drinking your own juice, and you start reading your own press clippings, and you start thinking and over assessing yourself and thinking more of yourself than you should. When you allow pride to reside, you start pushing your need for God's goodness away, you start ignoring God's presence because pride is residing. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, it says, pride comes before being destroyed and a proud spirit comes before a fall. The higher you lift yourself in pride, the harder the fall you'll experience. The higher you lift yourself in pride, the heart of the fall you'll experience when you begin to lift yourself up and re- lift up your own kingdom and your own desires and your own wants and your own purpose and you, I'm, I'm. It's about me. I'm better. The meanness. I always call it the meanest of my life. I am the main character in my life, and God is not the main character. Let me tell you, the fall from the from the elevation of your own pride is hard. Pride comes before being destroyed. In other words, you want to see destruction before you ever see destruction, you will always see pride come before it. First Peter chapter five, it says, in the same way you are younger, in in the same way you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility. As you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Watch the context here. He says, in the same way, you who are younger, you who are young in the faith, if you've been serving God a few years, four to five years, you who are young in the faith faith, must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another for God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. I want to make a distinction once again here because we're like, are you saying if I have pride in my heart, if I've allowed the intruder of pride to reside in my heart that God is going to oppose me? I want you to hear me very clearly. What happens is is that God already opposes a spirit. God doesn't oppose people, but he opposes spirits. And when the spirit of pride, you allow yourself to walk in the spirit of pride you are essentially you are literally walking in God's resistance so God resists the spirit of pride when I allow myself to walk in pride I am literally walking into God's resistance I am li- literally taking a step into what God has already decided, des- decided to resist So it's not God that's saying, I'm gonna resist you. No, no, it's that you have walked into the the realm of what God has already resisted. And so then you feel like your ways are being resisted. You feel like your plans are being resisted. And you're saying, what in the world is happening? I I can't take this anymore. Can it be, hear me, can it be that we've allowed this intruder, this foul spirit of pride to reside in our hearts where it feels like we can't take off. It feels like we can't move forward. It feels like we only get so far. Why? Because because we have walked into God's resistance. We have walked into God's resistance. We have walked into God's resistance. And here's the, the and, and, and it ties into the second thing that pride will preach you. Pride will preach you. Pride says, I'm beyond correction. Ooh, intruder alert. Oh, another alert. Awkward alert. Oh, another alert. Uncomfortable alert. And this is where it gets uncomfortable. This is where God is all up in the business. This is when God is stepping all up in our. Hold on, give me some space, God. Give me some space. You might just get uncomfortable when God begins to search our hearts. It's uncomfortable for me, I'm gonna be honest. I'd rather preach a message that you can easily receive and be like, Ooh, I walked in favor. Yes, Jesus. I gotta preach a message. Letting you know that God wants to search your heart in this season. Pride says, I'm beyond correction. Notice that when he says he opposes the proud it is in direct correlation to a kind of pride that is resistance, resistant to authority. Resistant to leadership. It's not so much that God will resist you. What happens is, is that when you become resistance to what God has already established, you walk into God's resistance. And so many of us, many times, we are walking in pride because we have allowed the spirit of pride to preach us a sermon that we are beyond correction. That there are people that God have placed in our lives. Listen to me. God has placed people in our lives. I've, God is saying, I've placed people in your path. I've placed people to lead you. And if you are resistant to their counsel, you are putting a wedge between the blessings I have sent you. God is saying, listen, I oppose the proud, but it's the spirit of pride. And in context, he is saying it when it comes to correction. Because pride will tell you, I'm beyond correction. I'm beyond correction. i can't, can't nobody correct me. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, it says, Pride leads to arguments. Be humble. Take advice. And become wise. Be humble. Take advice. And become wise. And this is what the Holy Spirit told me as I was preparing this message. He said, He said, Rolando, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Because many times we can't get to the place of humility. This is what it says. Pride leads to arguments. Pride leads to conflict. Pride leads to arguments. Pride leads to problems. He goes, you got to be humble. But that's like me telling me, if, you're, if you've allowed pride in your life, it's like telling me to do a backflip. Like, how do I stop being prideful when I'm so used to being Prideful. I'm so used to having an ego. I'm, I'm so used to walking, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? How are you going to tell me now to do a backflip? I've never done a backflip. You're telling me to be humble. I don't know how to be humble. But look like at this, it says take advice. And this is the thing. When you take advice, and this is what God told me, He said, when you take advice, does it make you feel more prideful? Or does it make you, or does it lead you to humility? When we listen to those that are counseling us, are the people around you that are counseling you, do they make you walk out with more pride or do they make you walk out with humility? i got to be more like Jesus. Although they can, don't let nobody talk to you like that. Who? You're going to let them say that about you? you? You better go do, or do they... Or do they counsel you? Because I will never reach the level of humility if I keep listening to advice that's going to lead me to pride. What does it say? Pride leads to arguments. Pride leads to conflict. Can it be that the reason that many of us may have so many areas in our life where there is perpetual, consistent conflict because pride resides in our space. I want to examine, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart, God. Search my heart. I refuse to allow the voice of of pride to tell me that I can't be corrected. I can't be corrected because here's the truth. To the proud, correction will always appear as judgment. But to the humble, correction will always appear as medicine. To the proud, correction will always appear as judgment. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. Don't be judging me. Another way, I'm, I'm, I'm correcting you. I'm correcting you. Correction comes with encouragement. Correction without encouragement is, is criticism. I'm correcting you with encouragement. But to the proud, correction always appears as judgment. But to the humble, correction always appears as medicine. So what will we choose to do? I must choose the path of humility instead of the slippery slope of arrogance. I must choose the path of humility instead of the slippery slope of arrogance. And I think Jesus had the best example for us. See, here's the truth. Telling someone that has allowed pride to reside, to be humble, is like telling somebody my size to do a backflip who's never done a backflip before and land on his feet and not break every single bone in their body. I love when we tell people to repent. Like, repent! Like, how how do I do that? I don't have the power to repent. It's only the Holy Spirit that can... Cause me to repent, right? I, if, if, if this is how I've been all this time, I can't just slap, snap my finger and change. God does that. And so here's the secret, that the way we walk in the path of humility is by seeing the life of God in front of us. Philippians chapter two, verse five and eight, it says, your attitude should be, listen to me, your attitude should be the kind that was shown shown us by Jesus Christ. Your attitude should be, your attitude should be. This is this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church. He says, listen, your attitude should be this. It should be the one that was shown to us by Christ, who, though he was God or is God, did not demand to cling to his rights as God, but laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like man. And, the hum- and humbled himself even further, going so far as actually to die a criminal's death on the cross. Ooh. Could you imagine that the path of your salvation was journeyed through the road of humility? The path of your salvation was journeyed through the road of humility and he says this is our attitude that if God when I have that in view when I have this in perspective when I see God what throne can I sit myself on because that's what pride does it allows it gives you a throne to sit on when the Savior of the universe God himself came off his throne he came off his throne, not so that you can claim a throne. He came off his throne so that you can do the same for others. He says, this should be your attitude. No matter how exalted you think you are, you should always come down to serve love and be there for others. Not to put yourself, not your throne to be the weakness of others, but that you will get off your throne to serve the weakness of others. And so many times the pedestal that builds our, the pedestal, what builds our throne and what builds our pedestal is the weakness of others, the faults that we find. Look at, look at this man, this man, this Pharisee. Look, I'm not like this sinner right here. I'm not like he was, he was putting himself on a pedestal. I'm not like this sinner right here, but you look at the sinner. What does he do? He, he bows, he beats his chest. He says, Lord, have mercy Jesus came off his throne so that we can do the same. Luke chapter 14 says, For those who exalt themselves will be humble, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. I'm not looking to build my own throne. I'm not looking to build my own name. I'm not looking to say I'm better than others and I'm beyond correction. God says, Intruder alert. I humbled myself so that you can humble yourself and that you could put everything down so that in the view of that, it would be easy for you to do the same. And here's the thing about intruders, like that some intruders work together. So if one intruder intruder does the break-in, all he has to do is effectively break in to allow other intruders to come into the space as well. And one thing about the intruder called pride is once he makes himself comfortable or once it makes itself comfortable in your space, it will start allowing other intruders in. And and here's where I want to close. I want to close where intruder number six. Intruder number six is secrecy. It's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to... I know it was going to... Ain't no amens coming up on the comments right now. Ain't no amens coming up on the comments. <laughs> Somebody put crickets. Somebody find the cricket emoji right now. Put, it, put that in the comment section. I want to see crickets. If God is talking to you right now, put some crickets in the comment section. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper but if they confess and turn from them they will receive mercy see the pride says I don't need you I'm beyond correction pride says I'm good by myself I don't need people and so we demonize people we alienate ourselves from help and then we conceal it in secrecy we begin to hide our sins. That's, that's how pride works. It, it says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep putting the highlights on your weaknesses. I'm going to keep putting the magnifying glass on your weaknesses, but I'm going to hide and keep mine a secret. James chapter 5 says this. It says, confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's a purpose statement. Confess your sins to each other so that you can be healed. And then it says that the earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So what are we going to do? I must choose a life of transparency instead of hiding behind the walls of secrecy. I must choose a life of transparency instead of hiding behind the walls of secrecy. Can I tell you something? We are as sick as our secrets. We are as sick as our secrets and the more secrets we have, the more emotionally unhealthy we will be. And let me tell you, secrecy will rob you from transparency. Secrecy will rob you from honesty. Secrecy will rob you from accountability. Secrecy will rob you from a clear conscience. Secrecy will rob you from intimate relationships. Pass the I ain't telling nobody my business. I'm not telling nobody my my stuff. Listen, you don't have to tell everybody, but you do have to find someone that you can be transparent with. You don't have to tell everybody, but you do have to find someone that you can stop being phony with. Well, that's my privacy, Pastor Roe. No, 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 no. There's a difference between privacy and secrecy. There's a difference between privacy and secrecy. See, privacy enhances relationships, but secrecy undermines them. You see, privacy establishes boundaries, but secrecy builds up walls. See, there's a difference, and you might be thinking, well, I'm just a private person. No, 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 no. There's a difference between being private and being secret. That which hurts should not be kept private. Or a secret. If it's hurting you, if it's wounding you, if it's if if the information has the propensity and potential to hurt somebody else, and you're keeping it because you know that. If, I'm not talking about being offensive. I'm talking about the information itself, the innate nature of the information itself. Will wound somebody else because you know it. Like well, I just don't want to hurt. I just don't want to hurt somebody. Well, if you owe it to them to share it with them. So, what are your secrets today? I know. I know it's uncomfortable. I know this is an unpopular message. I know that this is one of those things that we may not want to deal with. I'm, I'm telling you, I know. But we have to face the music sometimes. Sometimes we can't pretend like where everything is good and that we're all good. But deep inside, we are holding on to these secrets. We're holding on to these intruders that are telling us, listen, you don't need to tell nobody. It's private. No, there's a difference. And the enemy loves operating in the dark. The enemy loves operating in your secrets because he will allow it to eat you up inside. He will allow it to hurt you because because you have these hidden secrets in the cracks of your soul. And the enemy is thriving and he thrives in the secret. In the secrets that you have in you. So what are, what are your secrets today? Maybe maybe there's somebody here, maybe there's some of us here that Today's the day that we stop being sick because we're holding on to secrets. This intrudical secrecy has robbed so many people of so much, so much treasure, of intimacy, of of friendship. So, what are your secrets? Maybe it's your secrets is a secret sin that only you commit, and it's behind closed doors and nobody knows and you're 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 scared to be judged by it you're scared that people will see you a different way and so you keep it a secret but it's eating you up inside and you know it slowly but surely it is eating you up inside maybe your secret is gossip you've been talking about somebody behind their back you've had malintent in your communication about a particular person and maybe your confessing of that secret is to Speak to the person and say, listen, I've been talking about you and I'm sorry. And if you've been talked about, you need to respond accordingly. Man, I forgive you and I love you. I don't want the intruder of offense to rise in my life. Maybe your, your, your secret has been betrayal. You've done something behind someone's back without them knowing that betrays your relationship with them. Maybe... What you need to confess, because remember, here's what it says. It says, when you confess your sins to God, he forgives you and makes you righteous in your position with him. But when you confess your sins to one another, you experience healing. And that word healing is talking about emotional healing. So we can experience spiritual healing from confessing our sins to God. I just need to confess them to God. No, you're going to experience spiritual healing when you confess your sins to God one-way ticket to heaven. But on earth, in the affairs of humanity, the Bible says that the only way you can experience healing here in your soul is confessing your sins to one another. Maybe it's stealing. Maybe, Maybe you've been hiding something that you stole from someone. What is the intruder of secrecy telling you? to keep away from people. The Bible says, and this is the last scripture as we close, Psalms chapter 44, verse 20. It says, if we had turned away from worshiping our God and were worshiping idols, would God not know it? Would God not know it? Verse 12. Yes, he knows the secrets of every heart. See, God knows our secrets. He knows the secrets of every heart. And this is why we go back to the verse that we began with. Lord, search my heart. Search my heart, God. And here's what begins to happen. God begins to reveal things. He's doing it right now. I know he's doing it right now. My God. He's doing it right now to to some people that are listening. He's doing it right now. He is revealing certain things to you. You've asked him to search your heart and he's he's revealing them to you right now. He's showing, he's, he's allowing them to surface in your life. He's allowing them to come up because he wants to show you them, not to condemn you for them, but to reveal them to you so that you can willingly say, I don't want that in my life any longer. And so we serve the intruder pride notice today. You are not welcome here. We we serve the intruder called secrecy. You are not welcome here. And how do we do that? By confessing, by living a life of transparency instead of secrecy. God will allow it to come up, and you, when you begin to confess that first to Him, secondly to find someone and say, "Listen, I'm sorry." I need to confess this to you. I've been struggling with this. I need to confess this to you. I did this behind you or your back. I need to confess this to you. I've been in that position. I've been in that position. What I've had to confess to someone, something that was done and I had to apologize for them. I'm sorry. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes, can I be, can I be honest, when you're dealing with pride, it feels humiliating. And when you struggle with pride, sometimes humility feels like humiliation, but when you begin to operate in humility, you will start experiencing the joys of life. Your awareness of God increases. I want to pray for us today. I want to pray for us. Sometimes I don't know how to end these moments but I know God is speaking. And so I want to pray. Today, we conclude this series and we serve notice to pride and to secrecy. And if you're listening today and you're saying, Pastor Roe, God is definitely revealing some things that are in my heart. If that's you today, I want I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want you to give me the opportunity to pray for you. Man, there is power when we pray together. And today, if, you, if you've if you heard this message and you're saying, man, I don't even know where to start. I have a great place to, to help you start. And it's start with a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't have one. Maybe you felt like you've walked away. Maybe you've walked away so far that you feel like God is far from you. Well, he's not. He's right there, to the bro- right next to the brokenhearted. If that's you, would you lift up your hands in this room at the count of three? One, two, three. Lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. Praise God, praise God,
0: praise
1: God. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person that raised their hand and says, we want to serve notice to pride and secrecy. Lord, right now, I pray, Lord God, that you may do the work, Lord, that they may act upon in view of your mercy, in view of your goodness, in view that you removed yourself from a throne, in view of that, that their heart will become warm. That their heart, oh God, may be filled right now with the spirit of humility, Lord Jesus. That their heart, oh God, may, may, may receive your love in such a way that it overflows in humility. I pray for those of us that are struggling with keeping secrets and being secretive and, and, and even being deceptive at times. Lord, I pray for those, God. That it's hard for us to confess, it's hard for us to share, it's hard for us to to be vulnerable with other people. God, I pray for them right now, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that even at this moment, oh God, would you let them know that they can walk in transparency, oh God. They can walk in transparency. And as they begin to confess that they will experience healing in their heart, oh God. In Jesus' name. If your desire is to place your faith in Jesus today and say yes to him, I want to pray for you. And repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. I thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. From this day forth, I am a new creation. I believe you are the son of God that you died for me and rose again on the third day. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. I love you. I love you. I love you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.